Welcome back, everybody. It's the terrible virus talk machine. I'm Jason <laughs> Snell, and across the internet from me and his home, sheltering in place, it's Tim Goodman. Hi. Hey, hey, we said we did it a second time. I guess we said it, uh, terrible virus talk machine yeah. twice. Okay. For now. Is that, a, is that a thing now? I don't know. Why, yeah. Is it? Is anything yeah. a thing now? Maybe, maybe when history unfolds, it'll be, remember when you guys were the virus, t- terrible virus talk machine for a year? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. What you been up to? Uh, sleeping late. <laughs> Good. I hear no, that. I have actually, uh, uh, in all seriousness, I have um, been fairly productive beyond just normal adulting things. I've been, um, I would give myself a, a, a B minus at keeping my mental uh, uh, state level mm-hmm. uh, so b minus there it's a passing grade passing grade difficult it's, circumstances you know, there's a curve curve actually <laughs> i think you might get a better grade on a curve because it's I really hard being, yeah hard circumstances right now it's great on a curve that's better um <clears throat> i come in and out of creative flashes um i have done a couple of uh things quote unquote i have actually um uh, worked a little bit on this thing that i'm actually hired to do on your so actual that's, job yeah my actual job um i have been working on that and that's been a pretty new been thinking about it uh but it's been pretty new as far as like actually jumping back in last couple of weeks i probably i probably would say um i don't know if i said this last time we were talking but um i i'm making changes to the thing that i'm doing based on the uh the coronavirus I think you gotta, right? Yeah, like, I can't remember. Like, I, even, I can't remember what I did like two days ago. Honestly, it feels like like two days ago feels like fourteen days ago. I think every day is a week, so uh, I don't remember exactly what I said last time. But yeah, I think if yeah. you, I feel like it's going to be. We're going to see something in the culture, in the arts, where you people are either going to ignore the coronavirus pandemic completely for fear that it'll bring them down. It'll be happy, happy joy time for whatever that movie or TV show or book is. Uh, but I think the rest of the people I and mean, me included will be like referencing, referencing it, not on the nose, but uh, I don't, I don't know how you can't actually. Yeah, I mean, so. it's part of, it's part of life. It's part of history. Too. It's part of history. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if it was just us and someone in Pittsburgh was saying, Something you know, Jason and Tim are did this like dual byline about this thing that happened in the Bay Area. It's unrelatable to me. That, that's one yeah. thing, you know. But yeah. even in, even if it's just the states, but now it's worldwide, so people get it. Yeah, I was uh, talking to my daughter about um, about school and how frustrating it is to be you know back at home after going off to college and all of that. And, you know, the challenge is like, well, what if what if this extends and there are stories about like people taking a gap year or, or, or taking a quarter off from school because, you know, it's just distance learning and that's not what they signed up for. The problem is there's literally nowhere on earth to go because it is universal. Like you can't like, oh, well, forget it. I'm just going to backpack through Europe for a year while this resolves. It's like, no, they won't let you in. You can't do that. You can't. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. So. Yeah, you, I think you got to acknowledge it. And if you're working on any projects uh, of any kind of creative nature, you gotta you gotta do that. You got there's 
I mean, unless it's pure escapist fare, <laughs> but otherwise, like in the in the real world, this is what it's like. Yeah, and I think some acknowledgement of that will be um, uh, important, <clears throat> and certainly for the thing that I'm doing, it I like it, all the all the topics align around around um, subjects that would not be able to ignore ignore a pandemic. So yeah, yeah, on that. Uh, you've been, I, I believe you've come out of your, uh, TV viewing moratorium and are, are watching stuff. What are you watching? I am watching stuff. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> I'm definitely, uh, continuing. I think I might've mentioned this last time. I'm starting to do some, uh, film, I'm watching some film stuff. Good. Um, on the TV side, uh, I think I mentioned that I had, uh, turned my, uh, girlfriend on to the good place. Right. Um, yes. And uh, we watched the first season together and let her burn through the rest of it since I'm all caught up. Um, I have tried a few shows. Um, some I'd rather not talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But the one that uh, I keep coming back to that delights me is Peaky Blind. Where is that? Hulu? It is uh, Peaky Blinders is on Netflix. Oh, it's Netflix. Okay. Yeah, and um, and also I got some very joyous news because I I was just under the impression, and again reality blurs and time blurs. I think I might have said I, that I thought that this was going to appear on Peacock, and now that I look back, I I think I I realize where my wires crossed in the in the streaming wars discussion that I used to be so savvy about, um, and that's that it normally probably would have been a thing that the that Peacock, which has not launched yet, should have been launched by now, would have had, but basically sold to the highest bidder. Uh, I'm delighted to learn that that uh, uh, Thirty Rock is on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, and uh, Community is now on Netflix, and apparently people are really rediscovering Community, which is kind of great because that's a great show and. Very few people saw it on NBC, and nobody saw it on when it was on Yahoo. Whatever, yeah, six seasons in a movie, exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's uh, they didn't see it, so I'm. I think that uh, um, that's been. It's going to be great. I'm, I cannot wait to dive into to Thirty Rock because you know comedies are such a wonderful distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, Peaky Blinders is on Netflix, and uh, I just it's just delicious. I love it. Yeah, people should check it out. Yeah, it's one of those things where um, you know I, I laugh because that's I, I never did a direct. I'm sure I probably said this as well. I never did a direct review of it, but always had like checked in on it. So you're you're always checking in on it, uh, and not um, like ended up watching full full seasons. And now I am one by one, mm. and it's uh, um, I'm really at early, early days. I'm just in, like in the middle of the second season right now. So love it. Great. I I have also been watching some TV, which I want to report in on. But first, I have to say, I have to, I have to do a correction. Okay. Shocking correction, real-time correction. <laughs> because Peacock did launch okay. kind of on Wednesday. And I wanted to mention that. <laughs> so, Two days ago. So, yeah. so they okay. launched, uh-huh. but... The first, so Comcast makes a box that you you can get if you're above a certain tier. So technically, okay. I could get it, but I didn't want it, and I don't know why anyone would. But they make like a streaming box. It's like an Apple TV or a Roku, 
except it's the Comcast one, <laughs> and it has their own apps and stuff on it. And so they premiered Peacock on that box, which I get from a stage rollout perspective, like, let's see if this works. Let's not drop it all at once and have problems. Let's just, they're controlling it. It's their customers. Because, you know, they were planning on launching it wide at the Olympics, which are no longer happening. And there are stories that they're still planning on launching it this summer wide because people are around to watch it. Why not launch it? But they won't get the push from the Olympics. But first, they're rolling it out to their streaming box and then to their X1 DVR. And then... Uh, later, maybe by the end of the month, I forget exactly what their plan is. They'll roll it out to other Comcast subscribers. Because as a Comcast subscriber, theoretically, I'll get it. But I don't have their X1 DVR. I have a TiVo. I don't have their dumb streaming thing because I why. And so I, I can't be there right on the cutting edge of Peacock. But I did see somebody who is, a I think, a comedian who has a show that's an original for Peacock who said, Hey, uh, apparently <laughs> my show is out because... You know, it's a, it's this only the people with that streaming box that can get it right now. But it is they've begun the rollout of Peacock. Okay, then. I mean, that sounds positively um, uh, Comcastian. Uh, yeah, it is Comcastical, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, so I will I will report back. I guess. Okay, I would like to. But like to see uh, that. we don't we don't know yet. Well, you can it. answer this question mm-hmm. like. Straight up. This will tell everybody else exactly how removed I am from any industry news. Although there probably is, I would put an, I would put a, I would put a bet on this that you probably have some industry news you want to ask me about in a little bit. But, um, Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we don't rehearse this. No, hard to hard to believe. No, well, can you imagine? Believe. Can you yeah. imagine if this was the product of a rehearsal? <laughs> wow, wow, that's, that's a Whew. couple of sharp guys. Uh, <clears throat> but somebody had just told me that uh, they said, "I guess I can get Apple Plus for free now." Yes, so I mentioned what? this on my uh, on my upgrade podcast this week, where we do a little segment that's kind of TV streaming okay. news and I, stuff. You have my attention, and so, sir, and so. Yeah, so an interesting thing going on where Apple TV uh, took a bunch of its shows and made them available for free. Um, Not all of them, but some of them, including the one that I I would recommend out of them is probably For All Mankind, but I think Little America is on that list too, which I like. Okay, all right. Um, So some. uh, HBO has taken a bunch of their shows and put them in front of the paywall. You can download the HBO Now app. And uh, like Sopranos is on there, and the oh, Wire, yeah, all the big li- the big library ones, yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of of some, including some of the great shows of all time, of all time, mm-hmm. are available now out in front of the paywall for HBO. So if you never watched Sopranos, if you never watched The Wire, now is your chance. You can do that, and I think you may be able to also do that through the Apple TV channels interface. Um, also, Apple TV's channels interface, Epics is free for the rest of this month or maybe for the next two months. So you can go watch Pennyworth, watch Get Shorty, watch Perpetual Grace Limited. They're all there in front of the paywall as well. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that is that is kind of being pushed in front of the paywall, just basically thinking, hey, people are home and they're watching lots of TV. Why don't we give them a taste of of stuff that's on our services? So maybe they'll like get into it and they'll say, oh, well, when this is all over, I'm not going to be finished watching The Wire or whatever, and I'll, I'll pay for HBO Max or, or whatever 
you know they launch this summer so so yeah there's a bunch of stuff that's out there that is uh that's for free it's not like the complete everything but there are there are a bunch of things in front of the paywall and and like i said i think epics is everything right now for free through at least the end of the month so that's in the u.s Uh, different markets are gonna have different things but the, the apple tv thing is worldwide and i think you you may not be able to go on the website you may have to download their app on an apple device to to get it or on a streaming device but um but you should check it out if you haven't watched any of those uh apple shows some of them are available for free now okay well then that's that solves that i was like yeah. wait they've just given up and they've offered all offered all their shows for free that's I, what i thought i never saying. finished perpetual grace limited and i i let the uh, my subscription lapse and so now we've actually picked that back up and i, okay. I want to go back and watch i want to watch yep. pennyworth and my wife is uh gonna dig into the third season of of uh get shorty Get Shorty season yeah. three, yeah, gotta love it. I didn't, uh, I, I haven't heard whether uh, Perpetual Grace Limited has been picked up for a second season. Have you? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, we could check uh, with our sources at the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know what? Look, you got me there. I laughed out loud at that. Yep. Even though it's a tragic situation, but the transition yep. was A+. plus. Yeah, this is this is the thing. We, we just got to mention it here. It, it is you left The Hollywood Reporter at the end of last year, and uh, if people don't know, or people aren't consulting the trades, people in the industry, um, you got out at exactly the right time, man, because it's been a bloodbath at The Hollywood Reporter. A lot of people have lost their jobs, including your film critic counterpart when Janice Min brought you on mm-hmm. as chief TV critic. Yep. Um, and uh, it's just it seems like a really ugly scene over there, like a lot of people losing their jobs, um, especially the people who were more like senior and got paid more that that uh, so I guess I guess you might have been making a career t- transition regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, I would say timing and foresight uh, yeah. both played played parts in that because you can't just say it's luck. Uh, you, I mean, certainly it's good timing, but I definitely had some foresight that um uh, Things were yeah. not great That's there. New, new um, owners, new management, and now uh, on top of it, this situation we've got uh, it's worldwide. It's a shit so. show over there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's it really is. And the fact that Todd McCarthy, who was the chief uh, uh, film critic. critic, yeah, to go out and say that they basically told him he made too much money. Well, yeah, that would have been bad, very bad news for me. So, you know, that's. Anyway, not happy about. We that. feel for the people who lost their jobs, and yeah, I, and I and I hope that there's no more. Although, based on reports, I'm seeing that there probably will be, and it's, uh, you know, it's. Just, uh, I have a, I have a lot to say about that situation. I have to tell you because it's just, I'm sure the coronavirus and the, them losing money spurred some things, but there's some the ownership decisions at the top are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that Janice Min, your former boss who hired you to come to THR, did you know that she worked briefly for Quibi? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And I looked it up and, and I, you know, I was like, oh, oh no, she's at Quibi. And then, uh, and then I looked and it's like, oh, she was at Quibi and she departed before they launched. Yes. She's, she's savvy. I love her to death. And, um, uh, if it, I think if if uh, Quibi had a chance to work long term, uh, I'm, I'm my guess. Not she has said nothing to me, but uh, other than I think she would have still been there. Yeah, she she's a smart person, <laughs> and I think she said, "Oh, uh, this was probably a good idea on paper, and now I'm getting out." 
Um, and like it's that's yeah. And, once and, they burn through all their free content and all that, it's never going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, Quibi, the which is the Quick Bytes service, it launched. It's the idea there is you can only watch it on a phone. You can't watch it on a TV. You can't watch it on a tablet. You can't watch it on the web. You need to watch it on a phone. They also disabled screenshots in the app. I don't know if you heard this part. So you can't like even have something go viral. Finally, something went viral from Quibi, and it's viral because it's literally somebody's phone taking a video of somebody else's phone playing a clip of a show on Quibi. So it looks terrible. Um, <laughs> but like, way to way way to nip it in the bud. And also, the thing that went viral was mockery of yeah, something mockery. that was unbelievable. Bad. I don't know if you saw that, but it's the the Rachel Brosnahan is in. She's in a three part thing, which is like they're ten minutes each, so it's really thirty minutes. Um, and it's part of this horror anthology, and it's by Sam Raimi. Um, and she plays a woman who loses her arm and has it replaced with a gold prosthetic, and she's dying of gold poisoning, but she just won't let uh, anyone take off her arm because she just loves her golden arm so much, and that that went viral. Uh, as a, wow. a, I can't like all the Quibi stuff wow. I've seen gone viral has been on the level of like I cannot believe this is a show. Or the other comment I've got is, did Jack is Jack Donahue from uh, Thirty Rock a real person <laughs> and is he now in charge of Quibi? Because it's all of the funny comedy bad ideas from Thirty Rock yeah. are actually shows on Quibi. Try Vection Oven, and that's yeah, it's yeah. become a TV show. Um, I would just say that I never thought that should, I never thought the concept would ever work. Mm-hmm. I, I think when when Janice went there, I said, "Oh, really? Well, maybe. Okay. Well, if she, she, if she sees something there, then maybe it will." Because I think she's like really smart, and I love her to death. And then when she left, I was like, "Ah, yeah." <laughs> she's she, she uh, you know, and they just <laughs> yeah she she checked it out. <laughs> uh, you know, it, and it's also it's like once they got their, I mean, it's so clear their initial plan was like, let's just throw a bunch of money at people. I mean, I, I have yeah. lots of friends in, uh, in Hollywood who were like, oh my God, that the Quibi money is like ridiculous. And so everybody wants a little bit of it. Sure. Um, and they're not, that, that's how you, that's how people who have money keep money. They're like, oh, you want to throw a bunch of this money at me? And I know you're probably going to be dead in six months or a year. I'll take it. Sure. You know, it's 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 crazy. So that's you see all the big names. They're using the big names to launch stuff, but it's it, everything seems. Um, I did see a little. I don't know if it was New York Times or somebody said. Um, if it all felt like it was cribbed from like basic cable. So yeah, if if that's the the takeaway critique, you've done a bad job. There's a uh, cooking show where um, they, an air cannon explodes food in the faces of people. And then based on the food that's exploded all over their faces and all over the walls, they have to figure out what the food is and remake it. Actual, actual show. So again, Jack Donaghy, he's there. Jack Donaghy, he's, he's, he's on it. That's good. Yeah, Quibi, I mean, it Mm -hmm. seemed like a bad idea. Um, And it's, it it, (laughs) it it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's tremendous. Amazing. Um, I watched, I have a couple shows to report on. Okay, do do that. Okay, I'm better you than me, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, back before dark on Apple TV Plus, uh-huh. I, I I released a review on Twitter, <laughs> and you pointed out you sent me a text, and you're like, "Welcome to my world," because the 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 executive producer of the show saw my tweet because she was apparently ego surfing for her show title, which you should not do. You should not do show that. creator and creator and writer creator mm-hmm. and writer. Yeah, and um. And she was, and she, and then she responded to me and was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." It's like, do do not personally. I mean, it's sweet, and yet it's also like d- just for your own 
interest as a human being. Do not personally respond to everybody on Twitter who mentions your show, especially the ones who didn't like it. Yeah. Like, just don't. I know that you're at home and there's you got nothing to do, but just don't, just don't do it. I felt really bad because it's like I don't even want you to see it. I didn't mention you. I you didn't, didn't mention say, her. Yeah, hey, you, you writer, you wrote a, a crappy show that I don't like. Yeah. I did hear from people. I had five or so people respond and said that they liked it. I had a couple of people who responded that they watched the whole thing and they thought it was okay, which I think is like a really interesting kind of streaming binging mentality that they didn't seem to like it, but they ate the whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's America. Uh yeah, yeah, seriously. So my short review of Back Before Back Before Dark is this story based on a true story about a a, a kid who has like a newspaper of her own that she makes and it, it and it's a true story she reported about a murder. She basically uncovered a murder before any of the local media did or anything. She she brought this murder to light. So it's kind of this unbelievable but true story and they turned it into a 10 episode series. And the first thing I got to say I watched the pilot and then I said how many episodes of this are there two three <laughs> ten and i thought oh my god how is that possible um the reviews that i read uh, generally were positive and single out the lead actress uh who is this this young girl who is who you know playing this reporter kid reporter um they all think think it's a remarkable performance i thought she was incredibly annoying and unlikable so that was not going to work for me anyway and then and then some of the really hackneyed dis- creative decisions especially i watched the second episode hoping it would get better and um Listener, it did not get better. It did the opposite of that. The one that really blew me away is there's a sad, mournful movie trailer, modern movie trailer-esque version of Hit Me With Your Best Shot. You know, the, you know when they take Ooh. a peppy song from the past and yeah. then they do the one, they do the slow version where they try to make it all eerie. <laughs> um, and they, they used that kind of completely earnestly in a montage early on in episode two. There's a, there's a scene where multiple children are in peril simultaneously. I don't love children in peril in general. Oh, I, no. I hate mm-hmm. it when it's not necessary like literally the show has a mom turn around and and her little kid isn't there anymore and panic and start running around there's no motivation for it it's just there for extra panic drama meanwhile and tim i'm not making this up her older sister the the baby's older sister being chased in the woods by a wolf yes a wolf it's not a mountain lion but it's really close it's a wolf uh, and wow. then, and then the other thing is the the cub reporter at the same time is in a is in a a, a murder scene. She's in the crime scene, uh, investigating it herself. She's violating the kind of police tape. She's in the crime scene um, and uh, hiding from somebody who may be in the house with them. And she's got two sidekicks. And this is the part where my wife said to me. You know, this is supposed to be kind of like Stranger Things, but real. Like, we're supposed to get the sense that these three kids are on an adventure and having a fun time while they're trying to solve a mystery. And it has no mirth. It has no joy. It is just... (laughs) <laughs> dull and un and it's just there's not there's nothing so i don't get it i don't obviously whatever they were trying to do i didn't get it but after two episodes i said this is a this is a waste of my time uh and after one episode it was really bad but i i, I two got made it made it much much worse so um thumbs Man. way down for me for back before dark it is the first apple tv show that i have outright hated so there it is what? 
You know, you are not making me um, sad that I'm no longer a TV critic. Man, you know, I I had this. So I looked at Dan Feinberg's review, and he again praises the. It, it is it is actually a really kind review. Having watched those two episodes, I read Dan's review, and I thought you're really trying hard to be open minded to the fact that this show has more potential than it actually does. I felt like he was he was trying not to kick the dog. Right? He don't kick the dog. Just say there's a dog there. Whatever. But, but uh, you know, whereas I am clearly kicking the dog here. But um, her performance, the lead actress's performance worked better for him. And, and, and I just, I kind of couldn't believe what I believe what I'm reading. And I thought as I'm reading that, wow, if Tim had gotten this, he would have <laughs> kicked the dog. <laughs> he would have really just killed that dog. That, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I got some people who are like, oh, well, you know, but the, 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 the tension really cranks up and the plot really cranks up later on in the season. I'm like, guys... Not after episode two. Mm-mm. Yeah. Never going back. Never. That's one of the. Going back. Uh, it's one of the. Oh, I have a couple things to say about this. Um, the just to circle back quickly. The one of the most devastating things that has happened to the Hollywood Reporter is the fact that when Matt Bellany, who took over after Janet Janice Min left, um, when uh, Matt Bellany took over, part of what he said was that he was getting pressure from the higher ups to go easy on all of their shows and difficult people um, who they might want to have future uh, relations contractually and yeah. artistically with. So basically they were saying, uh, let's just, you just got to suck up to everybody, especially if they're big complainers. And, you know, yeah. so essentially what has happened, it's the story that hasn't been written yet. I'm sure it will be written is that THR is dead. I mean, credibility wise, once your owners have made it clear that they don't want, yeah, they want you to pull, uh, pull your pull your punches, and especially yeah. let us know. The other story that I saw was let us know if there's going to be criticism of anything from Dick Clark Productions or MRC, which they yeah. own, right? Which right. which makes shows. Um, well, they know. make Ozark one of the ones that Dan hates the most, so that'll be really <laughs> really interesting to see what Dan does with that. But you know, it just it really unfortunately puts Dan and uh, Inku, who took over, I guess for uh, after I got left, uh, Inku Kang t- took over. Uh, it just puts a lot of pressure on them and every other yeah. critic to to like you're in an untenable situation where people are going to say. Oh, maybe your boss has told you you can't say anything bad mm-hmm. about this. So, and and you just said this show's terrible, and he says it's okay. Uh, I mean, he does do a certain amount of equivocating on on trying to like keep things fair. Yeah, well, and he's more uh, than I did. Yeah, he's he, he's being. He, I think that's. I, I mean, that's how I read it. But I think an unfair-minded person could take it and say, "Oh, look, he's pulling his punches." That's not how I read it. I read it as a charitable read. He's like, "Look, there's some pieces here," and he's not wrong. There are right. aspects of the show that aren't bad. And so he's sort of saying, well, maybe it can find its footing and maybe it can, it, you know, it's yeah. got enough pieces that it can put it together. Whereas I look at it and think there's nothing redeemable here at all. Um, yeah. And that's we reasonable people can differ about that. But yes, you're right. It it, it plants the seed that, um, you know, who knows what is happening with his editors and with management about any and, and anything that's in THR. Oh, it's, it's great. It's, I feel really bad for them. Yeah. And I feel really bad for what I helped create for seven of the nine years that I was there. Yeah, I can't right. say that it was super stellar the last two years, but... <laughs> You know, that was at least for me in my my time there. But that had nothing to do with like what's happening yeah. with the owners. And uh, but again, I mean, also the the I mean, to get back to this particular show and all shows like this. I mean, I think you and I have talked about this on past uh, podcasts is that 
and I know that people like Alan Steppenwall are on board with this too. Don't don't come tell me it's better than the sixth episode, you know, yeah. of eight of eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Right? It's better or than ten. the sixth episode. Yeah, yeah. Like ten. it's it's got ten episodes, and boy, right around seven, it really kicks in. Well, that's not how people watch TV anymore, for the most part. And if you are watching TV that way, then I'm I'm sad about your bored life because there's so many other yeah. choices and better choices you could be put into uh, to like. Put yourself into and it, watch watch those shows in the in the platinum age in the times of confusion. There is no excuse to watch two or three episodes of a show yeah. and think, well, I don't like it, but I'm going to watch all the way to episode ten just in case it gets better. Everybody's got to get better, and I know you know it's hard to walk out of a movie or to take a book a hundred pages in and throw it away and be like, I, I can't read the, any more of this book. You got to do it. There's better, there's other fish in the sea. You, you will be turn around and find a show better than the show that's not working for you. Even if it works for some people, that's great. But like, if it's not working for you, whatever the show is, at some point you just got to walk away because there's going to be something else out there. Don't waste your time. Don't waste eight, seven, eight hours on a show that didn't work for you for two. Like, don't, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. My, my, my litmus on that, has always been like, if I hated it as much as you hated it, I would stop watching it. In fact, if I hated it as much as you did after the first episode, I'd, I'd stop watching it because I, I, I was I was on the fence after episode mm-hmm. one. I was like, I don't think this worked, but I'm not sure. And then episode yeah. two, I was like, oh wow, I am yeah. sure. You were sure, and then you were out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So look, I have I've gone as many as four. Um, well, even more, but like, so the, the, the idea that like, uh, I'm just, I, I'm against the idea of like set six or seven or getting that deep into it. I, I, for me, my cutoff is pretty much four and I almost never got there if it was still not good because three, I was like, okay, I don't have enough time in the world for this, but I would say that there's, there are shows and that's why you, that's why everything you take it on a case by case basis. There were shows where they didn't have strong starts and like the third, you know, you were just about to give up and there were little hints. And then the third episode, I was like, okay, well, wait, maybe there is something here. And then you get to the fourth episode and you go, okay, you found your footing. I know it was very true of uh, comedies, which I which I actually judged very differently than dramas. Right. Um, because there's, there's just different – the, the way the parts will work is a little bit different as far as finding tone. But – uh, yeah, there were a number of shows. I don't know them off the top of my my head right now because we're just riffing on this. But there were a number of shows where I was like, "Am I going to hang in there till four? And I did, and I was happy that I did, and it got better. But when you're talking six or eight, that's that's yeah, that's a that's an obscenity. And, and obviously, there are gray areas here. So the magicians just ended. They did five seasons, and I've heard from people when I recommended to them who who watched the first season, they're like, you know, it was okay. And the first season, of the magicians isn't bad. But it is appreciably worse than what comes after it. The second season is good. The third season is one of the best seasons of TV I have seen recently. And then the fourth and fifth season are also quite good, and it ends well. And that's one of those things where I don't want to say... Yeah, well, the first season is bad, but then it gets good. But it's also not true. Like, the first season is okay, but if you watch the first season and you're like, is this what everybody's talking about? I can jump in there and say, no, actually, that is the weakest season because they're doing a lot of setup. But if you stick with it in season two, I think it's going to unfold for you. But I also totally get somebody who says, I don't want to watch 13 episodes of It's Okay. I I get it. But um, the difference is that it's not bad. It just gets even better as it goes and yeah I don't know, that's you know, a big difference yeah that's a big difference yeah because- and, and and seeing a show and seeing five years of a show and saying okay let me tell you it is worth it to watch a middling season one for the highs you get the other four years versus here's 10 episodes and three episodes in it, it it's it's either failing to make an impression or it's killing you <laughs> 
and somebody says no no but it gets good in episode seven it's like you know what call me if season two is brilliant and then we'll talk yeah i mean that's i mean and the reason thing i always say that about comedies is because parks and recreation had a six episode first season we've talked about yep. this before five of them were terrible yep. the office and the six, as well it, yeah, exactly. seinfeld was the same mm-hmm. way yeah and they all became legendary mm-hmm. uh, 30 rock the same way the, you know, I, although I think when I when I restarted watching Thirty Rock, like not that long ago, I was less um, down on them than I than I was when I watched it the first go around the first time because you know they reshot the pilot entirely, and I actually liked the pilot, and I liked the I liked the pilot that they use after that less. Uh, they cut out some really good jokes, but obviously that's one of my favorite uh, comedies of all time, mm. uh, and it was uh, it was. Just you know, it it start well. No. Oh, I will say this. Okay, I'm not, and this is not a Columbo, but I will just show <laughs> this. I, I like. Look, I'm on record. I, I Armando Iannucci is one of my favorite creators of all time. Uh, but I did watch um, Avenue Five. Yes. The, oh, oh, mm. oh my! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched the I watched the first pilot. I watched the first episode. Oh my! Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll, I, I'll, come back. I'll come back when he does something different. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I gave you my mini review a while ago on that one, which was it was. I found it kind of watchable, but not good and not funny. Just kind of present, and that was like again, life's too short. There's too much other good stuff on. Yeah, I, I will back that guy for anything. So, um. Whatever he does next, I'm on board. I'll, sure. I'll try it again. But so. not that one. No. Uh, I have one more piece. Oh, no, I have two more pieces. Wow, this is just, there's so much content. Look at this. And we, we didn't even we... rehearse. It's amazing. <laughs> um, devs, FX on Hulu, devs. I watched that. They dropped the last episode this week. Watched, mm-hmm. watched all of it. Watched, ended up watching it the day it dropped. That's how much I was in. I was into it. Wow. Alex Garland, super smart guy, wrote and directed every episode. It's basically a. It's not a film. And he he in the interviews afterward, he was like, I, I can't even conceive of this being a film. It's a conceived as a TV series with eight episodes and cliffhangers, and you go along. And, and here's my here's my review. Okay. First off, Devs is. I, I like that it's a singular vision. It's his vision. He's a good director. It looks great. It is yep. beautiful. It's got this slow pace. I love the slow pace. I love the performances in it. I want there to be more things like devs where it's like almost like a, a science fiction novel um, as a TV series. It's like it's one creator. They have an idea for a story. They tell you the story and then they're done. Mm. I, lo- I like that. I want more yeah. stuff like that. And, and this is so imaginative. I liked it a lot. The ending... Yeah, I, I think he kind of didn't stick the ending. Mm. Um, I, I I feel like I I, I was kind of let down by the last half of the last episode. I think there's some really good moments in there. Um, I'm not sure whatever he intended his vision of the ending to be to be uh, to fit with what at least I thought uh, the show was trying to do. But you know, it's it's his baby. This is what he, the story he wanted to tell. Um, that said, I really enjoyed the ride, and I'm not one of those people who reads a book all the way to the end, loves the loves it the whole way, is unhappy about what's on the last page, and says, "I can't, I, I can't believe I wasted my time." I'm not one of those people. The journey is the reward. So while I didn't love how it ended, 
Um, I loved everything else about it. Like it, it just it looks, it, and they used like they shot it at UC Santa Cruz. It's got all yeah. these trees and it's beautiful. It, 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 it's this weird silicon. You can imagine it being down Sand Hill Road on the way to mm-hmm. 280 in Palo Alto, like this weird campus and the weird trees with the halos around them, and some very good performances from people you know and people you don't know, like. It's just, I, I really enjoyed it. I also thought it was a really fun experiment. I felt like I was part of the FX on Hulu experiment because mm-hmm. it's like a streaming show from FX on yeah. Hulu um, and with drops at 9 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And uh, yeah, so so devs, if you, if you like moody sci-fi, I would say watch devs. Also philosophical sci-fi because that's what it's about. It's about the ultimately... You know, what is a show with a title like Devs about? The answer is it's not a Silicon Valley satire, really. It's actually philosophy. It's about free will and mm-hmm. predestination. And if we can change the world or if we can't change the world, that's what it's about. And I, yeah, on that level, I, I'm I'm so happy that a show wanted to, uh, a show that this good looking and this with this many interesting performances wanted to like think about deep thoughts. I, I, I wish there was more of that. So that's my review, Debs. Um, I'm going to reserve judgments. I see it all. I've seen four. And um, I have thoughts, but I'll, I'll hold them. But I'm super excited to watch uh, Mrs. America, which has apparently yeah. got rave reviews. Yep. Uh, so good for the Cute. FX Cute folks, up. because that seems really good. And I haven't got to Dave yet. There's that other one. Uh, I guess they have a comedy called Dave. It's on the, on the docket for me to watch. Hmm. There's a lot of new shit, lot of stuff to watch now that yeah. um, I'm on lockdown and I don't have that yeah. particular job. And, and we're, we're barreling toward that point where they where the chamber is dry and there's no new shows. Yeah. Maybe there'll be baseball at that point. Maybe maybe we can transition into sports once they run out of original programming. Maybe right. Um, and then my last TV note is that what we do in the shadows came back this week with two episodes. Speaking of FX on the actual yes. FX, although it's also mm-hmm. on Hulu, if you are on hulu you can get it there too and uh i think it's still getting it done tim still getting it done i love that show so much yeah yeah the two episodes were really good and they're just they're picking it up where they left off they're absurd and funny and the and lots of great character moments and good yeah so yes. people should so check guillermo that has a little of van helsing blood oh apparently. man that yeah. first episode leans into the fact that guillermo apparently is very good at killing vampires which is uh, not what you so want good. in a vampire familiar but <laughs> that's what they got yes yeah or yeah lots of great jokes about that in episode one of uh season two what we do in the shadows can't wait uh we want to do a couple letters let's do those all right uh this is uh from john he says hello i only started listening a few months ago and during that time one of you stopped critiquing tv and then all hell broke loose (laughs) worldwide i recently finished watching the leftovers for the first time and loved it i did find an episode where you discussed the finale and loved it any additional the leftovers content would be much appreciated cheers from ottawa john so uh maybe i Cheers, should uh, I, so i i've only seen some of the leftovers i should probably oh, get yeah. back to that right get into that well i mean the caveat being yeah there do are I parallels want... to our <laughs> yeah i, I was mean, gonna not... say yeah but it's different though because it's you know like uh what is it uh Five percent of the no two percent of the world's population is wiped out, and, they don't, and no one knows how it happened. So, right. um, but it's but in it, different from ours, it's not like there's. I mean, there's a worry that it'll happen again. Obviously, there that's part of your existential angst. Will this happen again? Um, but the the show basically is um, the show picks picks up and and, and talks about um, what it, what life is like. The to me, I love I love the leftovers. I think it qualifies as 
like a you know we have I have to modify my uh, my durability thing because no one's really making five seasons of anything right. anymore. But um, and I and I kind of agree with that. But uh, the the episode the seasons that it did I thought were great and they were super creative. And my favorite part of the show might be the most frustrating thing for everybody else, which is. Uh, and they were very upfront about it, it, that it's not, you know, this is not about a, what happened, right? It's like, how did this happen? Like what, what, what caused it? Where do these people go? What's the mystery here? It's, it's, it's never that. And they, I love that they never lied to anybody. They're like, now if you're looking for a puzzle and the answer to this mystery, this is not the show for you. It's, it's really just like, it's the fallout and the existential crisis that it creates and how it changed people's lives, which I think are now super parallel to um, on, uh, a worldwide pandemic because, uh, I mean, it's just rife with possibilities. Yeah. So I would say definitely keep watching. Yeah, as long as you uh, are not seeking escapism. <laughs> right, yes. But yeah, okay. And if I, if I do pick that back up, maybe we will uh, give John what he needs, which is a little more leftovers content. Yeah, it's good. Keep going, John. Okay, and one more letter. This is from our uh, the, our, our Hollywood juicer, Michael Taylor, on the Inverness oh, Ridge. Yes. Uh-huh. He says, I wouldn't call it schadenfreude since I wish only the best in life for Tim. But the sordid details of Tim's skunkorama fridge meltdown apartment <laughs> exile certainly made for an entertaining story, once again ratifying the old adage, tragedy is something bad happening to me, comedy <laughs> is something bad happening to you. As always, the humor in such tales of misery is best appreciated when viewed in the rearview mirror. I'm sure Tim will tell that story often in the future, getting big laughs every time. Meanwhile, having my own brush with a skunk up here on the ridge a few years ago, he has my full sympathy. You really can't understand what skunk spray is like, like or is like until you've experienced it firsthand. Oh, that is true. That is true. Uh, you got? Did how, you get your how, new refrigerator? I, my my new refrigerator came on Wednesday. All right. This is we're recording this on a Friday. It doesn't really matter. When it doesn't we matter. Are. It's Saturday in Australia right now. There's a, there's you, a picture on the know. internet of a wet koala that looks just like a drop bear, and it's terrifying. And thank you for a million people sending it to me. I don't want to see it ever again, except in my nightmares. <laughs> oh, oh god, uh, I have to say that I had an irrational exuberance for the arrival of my um, refrigerator. It brings me great joy, and. Um, uh, I, I'm delighted to no end, and I, that part that part ended. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Now you just got a story to tell about. Yeah, it wasn't just a pandemic. Also, skunks and refrigerators. Yeah. Now I just have to like get in my hazmat suit and go shopping and put food in it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you'd think the stay-at-home edict would have uh, made working on a book easier, but that is not the case. Tim reports having difficulty writing during the early days of the crisis, and although his excuse is infinitely more valid than mine, the same malaise has afflicted my efforts at the keyboard. I've been publishing more blog posts probably as a way of diffusing corona apocalypse anxiety, but work on the book, not so much. Which reminds me, gentlemen, uh, given that your highly entertaining TVTM podcasts have enjoyed a wide audience of television fans over the years, has it not occurred to you that they might enjoy reading what it's like to work in the belly of the television industry beast? I'm biased here, but I think some (laughs) of your fans might be intrigued by blood, sweat, and tedium. So why don't you post a link to the blog along with all the other links that accompany each TVTM (laughs) podcast? You know what? I, I appreciate your moxie. If you check the show notes for this episode, you'll see a link to Michael Taylor's blog. Nice, Michael. There you go. You got it. You got it. It, you got it. Yeah. He says, I'm not really a guy who likes to ask for anything, but this just means, makes sense. So I'm asking, wishing you both and your families a smooth, safe passage through these stormy Corona apocalypse seas. All the best, Michael Taylor. So thank you. Yeah, everybody's uh, healthy and good. So uh, thank you, Michael. Everybody, I, f- I feel I feel uh, a definite sense of gratitude um, that things have worked out so far. 
you know, skunks and uh, refrigerators aside, uh, their life has been pretty great. Yeah. And dodged a bullet over at THR. Boy, really. <laughs> All yeah. right. So if you want to, if you want to reach us, cause we're still here, we're still here. Um, I'll give you the numbers, which are not numbers anymore. Cause that was the old podcast. It, <laughs> it's, they're just email addresses now. Podcast singular at TV com for email. You can just tweet at TVTM and, uh, then we'll, uh, we'll answer them on a future podcast. Cause that's how the podcasting work works now. This. Yeah, and I want to. I'm going to throw a little something. I mean, if Michael gets something, you know, yeah, plug it. Plug it. Yes, you're, well, you're, this I, isn't even a Columbo. Just throw it in there. It's just well, we're signing I, off. I did do the thing where I actually pulled the plug finally. Uh, like I don't even think I think there was all fanfare building up to it, and then I just I went and pulled it out. But um, I don't. Uh, I don't have any Facebook uh personal page that, that my Facebook blog is gone. I don't, I'm not on Facebook, so I have no, I mean, I know that we had kind of abandoned the yes. TV talk machine site we had. and like kind of left it like a Chernobyl mm-hmm. dome. Yep. <laughs> over, That's right. Poured some over. concrete in there. Yeah. There's occasionally yeah. uh, uh there's a forest fire or a little yeah, animal gets in, but yeah, an animal gets in there. Uh, but I did the same with my, uh, TV talk machine. Uh, I'm sorry, my, uh, bastard machine, uh, bastard machine blog site, which had a, so many loyal people and they, a lot of them jumped over, but like for new people who are listening, I am, you can actually, well, obviously you're nowhere to find me on, on, uh, on Twitter, which I've, I've unfortunately poked my head in there a few times more. Cause I think that the pandemic has made me do it, but I'm definitely available. If you look for uh bastard machine and Tim Goodman on uh, Instagram, you can follow me over there. And I do have some updates about uh, periodically. I'll do updates about like what's going on and then there'll be, writing uh, news and stuff happening there shortly and uh also visit resoundingbastard.com yes absolutely in <laughs> fact overdue on a number of posts for that mm. one so that should be getting updated pretty soon all right and uh, that brings us to the end of this episode but we'll be back you know we will with a very special episode 250 almost certainly but until then all we have to say is bye everybody, bye, everybody. stay safe stay safe